death on our behalf, Jesus' trip to the cross, his, his determination to die on our, on our behalf, like for our sins. Um, we're actually going to look at a handful of scripture verses this evening. We're going to start in Luke 9. Uh, I don't have my... Um, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Um, this is talking about Jesus, and actually Jesus is out doing ministry at this point, and he is, he is like hitting the end of his time on earth, and he knows that the day is coming. And actually the phrase that Luke gives us there is, um, he set his face to Jerusalem means that he had like took up the stance of a pilgrimage, or like he, he set himself in the direction of Jerusalem, like in, and he followed the pathway that most pilgrims went from sort of the outer area of Israel to, um, to the holy city. And, um, like, I, this, this phrase is loaded with weight because of what's going to happen, because we know what's about to happen, right? Like, he set his face to Jerusalem. He set himself in the direction of the cross. Like, he knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to suffer for the sins of the world. He knew he was going to carry this weight on himself. Like, he knew what was coming, um, and he kind of set his teeth against it, right? Like he, he became determined, and this is what I'm doing. And the attitude he has, and we see it over and over again. We're going to talk about it a bit tonight. The attitude he has is, is one of submission. Like he knew what the Father had him like lined up for him. He knew what God wanted him to do. He knew what the, the plan was. And, and Jesus set out to, to be obedient. Um, there's kind of a cool contrast there. Uh, if you want to bump ahead for me to 52, um, and he sent messengers ahead of him and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because he had set, because he, excuse me, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Now what's going on there is Samaritans and Jewish people didn't like each other, right? And he would have sent people ahead because he had a crowd of folks and these are villages of, you know, 100 people or 200 people. I mean, think Loma-sized town. And if 30 guys show up and expect to get some food or some support or what have you, it's, it's going to tax the community. And so he sent messengers ahead to prepare the way because if they were going to be fed or they were going to be taken care of, um, that, that, you know, the, um, they would need to know in advance to be ready. Um, so, but the Samaritans turned away because they're heading toward Jerusalem and the Samaritans didn't like Jewish people and the Jewish people didn't like Samaritans. Um, and they rejected him because they assumed he was, he was on his way. He was on his way on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And it's almost like this poetic justice, right? Uh, Not poetic justice. It's a great illustration of the attitude of the world. Like Christ was going to die for these people to make it possible for them to join God's family, to know God personally and, like, they rejected him on the way, um, which is what we all do. I mean, we all reject God over and over again in our attitudes and our perspectives. And um, if you bump ahead for me, dear, uh, but the people did not receive him because he was, his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they, and they went on to another village. The disciples, their attitude was, hey, these guys are offending us. Surely, since you're like the Son of God and stuff, and we're your followers, we can call fire down and kill them all, right? Their perspective on the sins of folks like in the world was very different from Jesus's. 
I mean, their, their perspective on their position, their attitude toward worldly power, like, like all of this stuff was off in, in left field. They just did not get what they were supposed to be doing. Um, and because of it, because of it, they, they took the wrong attitude. They were wrong. Um, and Jesus rebuked them. Um, but it's an attitude we see a little earlier. Just before the account in 46, can you, there we go, um, an argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is the least among you, among you all, is the, great, is the one who is great. Um, what Jesus is talking about here is, um, and, and he's again setting the contrast, these guys expected greatness. They thought they were going to Jerusalem to establish a worldly kingdom and to conquer and to, to defeat the bad guys and show them once and for all that God doesn't like them and, and that, you know, the superiority of who they were. And Jesus was going to, to the cross. Um, God's plan for our salvation wasn't to crush us and it wasn't to rain fire from the sky. It was, it was to humbly take our sins on himself and, and to die in our place, like to be... To be the sacrifice, the lamb uh, that would take our sins, um, and I, I worry—I don't know—in myself, and I, I wonder if other folks are like this. If if we don't struggle with this, we want our greatness in the kingdom. We want recognition. We want, you know, power. We want these things like to be correct and and everybody to agree with us and and everything else. And at the end of the day, it's contrary to who Jesus is. Um, Jesus went to the cross not because we deserved it, not because we're great, not because we're fantastic, but because by grace alone we're saved. Um, and, and really nothing we can do, like nothing we can do can earn it. Like our hearts are broken and stony. And actually we're going to worship in song. We're going to be singing Grace Alone. And, and I picked this song. I, I love this song. I picked it because um, because I think we need to remember, like we, we aren't great. Like Jesus was great. And our greatness comes from our belonging to Christ. Like his dying for us was because he loved us.
second to pray and um, Heavenly Father um, we're, we're here this evening to to worship you Lord we're here to to just to take time to be with you on the on the the day that Jesus died for us on the day that, that he went to the cross and and Lord God I pray that you would take distractions away from us Lord the the plans that we have for the weekend or or uh, you know how many people are here this evening or or whatever else, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to to recognize that that um, you know this evening is about us and you, Lord. Um, each of us individually coming and recognizing and worshiping because Jesus carried the weight of our sins on Himself. Um, thank you so much for that. Thank you for for that love and that that grace that you showed us that that you gave such a precious gift on our behalf. In Jesus' name. After arriving in Jerusalem, um, the the disciples they they went through a handful like Jesus and the disciples went through a handful of uh, events. You know, they, there was teaching in the temple, there was um, conflict, there was controversy, and and ultimately on the last day, like when which would have been Thursday yesterday, when Jesus was eating the last supper with his disciples and he was there, um, he he demonstrated this attitude again, like this humility, this submission to the father because ultimately like jesus's ministry it was on our behalf because god loves us but it was also because he was humble and like like submissive to the father he loved the father so much and was obedient to the father like in all things and and john 13 we uh we have john's account of the last supper which leaves out the lord's supper um but but includes this this um, account uh, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist and poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Um, culturally, this, I don't know, I, I've talked about this a bunch of times as a pastor, but it's, it's one of the most powerful sections of the scriptures in my in my perspective like culturally this is the most humiliating job you could do like for for a man to wash another man's feet was was lowly to the point of of um to the point of absurd actually there are 
jokes in ancient literature about the foot washer. They would make fun of him in literature. I mean, it was a common thing. It was never acceptable for, for anybody to do this. Some folks had that job, but it was considered to be the lowest job. Um, and actually, there are instances like where Jewish, like there's a, a court case where a Jewish mother in the ancient world sued her son for permission to wash his feet. And, and she lost. <laughs> like they, no one ever did this. And the fact that Jesus, like the Son of God, and he opens with this, knowing that the Father had given him all things um, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he then washed his disciples' feet. Um, he then humiliated himself, humbled himself, put himself low. Um, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. And Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who, the one who is bathed does not need to be washed except for his feet, but it is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you is. For now, or for he knew who would betray him, that he was, excuse me, that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Now, here's kind of, there are a couple of interesting things in here. Um, this foot washing is a precursor to the cross. Like, it's a, it's a foreshadowing. Um, the cross is the most humiliating thing that could happen. Um, ancient Jews, like, they believed that a man who was crucified, it was a sign that God hated him. I mean, not even just that they were like a horrible person or anything else, but literally they believed that it was a sign of God's hatred and a curse on you. And like Jesus is about to endure this, and he like illustrates it ahead of time by washing his disciples' feet, by saying, listen, it's coming, I'm going to be humiliated, but I'm doing it to make you clean. Um, I can't even imagine what it was like to be Peter in that spot, to have the Son of God like, like him through all things were created like like through him all things were created. I mean I mean angels sing his his praise and to have him come along and wash my feet that would be it would be so difficult to endure um, because I don't deserve it. And because you don't deserve it because none of us deserve it. But uh, that's what the cross was. The cross is Jesus doing something that none of us deserved. That none of us I don't know can't earn it. Can't do anything on our behalf. But Jesus, like, humble and loving to the very end, he endured this on our behalf. He endured it because he loves us. You just keep up me forward one. When he had washed their feet and put on the outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? Uh, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for, I, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do, or that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Um, what Jesus is saying, what he's, what he's telling his disciples, what he's announcing to them is... Um, I've washed you. I've served you. I'm about to serve you in the most humiliating way possible, more humiliating than the foot washing even. Like, like the big day is coming um, and actually is upon them. And, and he says to him, listen, you do the same thing. 
You want to be great in my kingdom, you do the same thing. This is what imitating Christ is all about. This is what the cross is all about. It's remaking us into his people. It's making us into folks who learn to be humble and to serve and to love. Um, As we gather today to to think upon our sins and reflect on the fact that Jesus died for us, like, like bring this into your heart and your mind. Like, this is for us so we can learn to do this, so we can be changed into the kind of people who do this. Um, But we have to ask God over and over again to give us clean hands in this effort, um, to make us new in this effort. We're going to sing and worship God. After the dinner, 
Jesus and the disciples went for a walk. They went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and and Jesus went and he prayed. He spent the evening praying, and he actually it's he told the disciples, "Hang out here and pray. I'm going to go over there and pray. Stay awake and pray because like you're going to be sorted. There's a day a sifted. There's a day coming. Like this is it. You're you're going to be dealing with like like huge weight, and and you know pray that you could just stand strong in the middle of it. And they fell asleep. Um, and Jesus went and he prayed and he went back and they fell asleep again. Um, and he went and prayed more. And, and as he was praying, um, Luke records this. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus um, just went to the cross terrified. He went to the cross knowing that not only was he going to endure torture, not only was he going to endure pain, but God was going to pour his wrath for every sin ever committed out on Christ. And he was going to look at Christ. And he was going to see our sins. And he was going to pour his wrath out on him. And he was going to turn his back from him. Like Jesus would be like separated from God for you. Um, and it was so stressful that he sweat blood. And he said, God, I, I don't want to do this. But not my will but yours. And I, I believe Jesus knew this is the way. Like this is, this is the will of the Father. And he was always submissive to the will. I also, I also know that, that Jesus was willing to die for us. Like, he set his face to it, he traveled there, he demonstrated humility, and he was about to be humiliated and tortured in the worst way possible. Um, And even with angels there ministering to him, he sweat blood, like the capillaries in his skin broke and he he bled from his skin. Um, His humility and his submission was for you. Um, And as we come to him this evening, as we recognize his death for us, like as we worship as we reflect as we are are here together like as a family of god doing this um remember like this is the most difficult thing he could endure um we're here to say thank you and we're here to to be repentant and we're here to be be his people
Shortly after praying that prayer, um, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, one of his closest friends, came with guards and, and sold Jesus into captivity um, with a kiss, betrayed him. Um, actually, interestingly enough, this is one of the guys whose feet Jesus washed. Um, even, even the man who betrayed him to the cross, like Jesus, like Jesus died, you know, died as much for his sins. Like had he repented, he would have been forgiven. Um, and there's joy in that, right? That no matter how much I betray God, no matter how much I fail, no matter how much I, I flee from him, like, like Jesus died for me. And it's, it's, you know, as we're sorrowful this evening, like there's, there's reasons to be filled with joy and laugh. Um, thank you, Titus. Uh, Pilate then called, this is at the trial. He, uh, He's tried by the Jews and, and tortured and humiliated and spit on and 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 um, and like betrayed, then brought to the authorities and the authorities uh, tried him again. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, "You brought me this man as one who is misleading the people." And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Um, the reality is that Jesus, Jesus was an innocent man. He was innocent, but he carried our sins. I mean, that, actually, that's the big theological word there is propitiation. Like, that means that when God looked at Jesus, he saw us. And when he looks at us, if we are his people, like, he sees, he sees Jesus' perfection. Um, and so, like, like, there's nothing he's guilty of. There's nothing to, to execute him for. 
Um, Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection, started in the city, and for murder. Um, Barabbas was a political revolutionary, and, and they wanted somebody who would fix the situation they were in, like their earthly situation, because they weren't worried about they weren't worried about like being right before God. They were worried about you know earthly power and earthly position. Um, they wanted a murderer and a, a betrayer um, more than they wanted Jesus. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" Um, it's easy to kind of look at this and, and judge him. Um, it really is, right? I mean, these are folks who are cheering him on and trying to get him to, like, join their team and everything else, like, like just a few days before. And now they're gathered up and they're calling for his crucifixion. Um, I, I read a while back a great phrase that, that my own sins, the, the, the author, and I'm going to personalize it because it's just the truth. Um, my own sins, like, every day they shout out, crucify him. Every time I rebel against God, every time I choose my own way, every time I... You know, re- you know, choose sin over grace. Every time I choose sin over Jesus, like, like my sins cry out, crucify Him. Um, they cry out like, like in rebellion against God. Um, it's easy to judge other folks, but ultimately, like, you know, every one of us, every one of us has turned from God. Every one of us has rebelled. Um, every one of us has shouted, crucify Him, in our thoughts, words, and deeds. But what's fantastic is that, that despite that, Jesus loved us. He washed Judas' feet, right? And he washes us clean even though we rebel, even though we sin, even though we shout out, crucify him. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
crucified, he was led out of the city um, to a place called Golgotha, the place of the cross, or the, the, the place of the skull um, in kind of common language. Um, he carried his cross out there with a crown of thorns um, pounded onto his head. And, and when, he was, when he arrived, um, it's not in Luke's account, but it's worth mentioning, uh, they offered him uh, wine mixed with gall. Um, which is something that, that loses a little meaning in the modern context. Um, gall is one of two things. Like, like, and it was common to offer it to, to um, guys who were about to be crucified, like as a mercy. Um, it was either uh, a painkiller, which is a really common practice. They would give a painkiller to a guy being crucified to kind of soften the blow because crucifixion was such a horrible way to die um, so that it wasn't quite as painful, it wasn't quite as... As, as miserable. It was like an offering of, of, of mercy. Um, or Gaul could refer to poison. Um, and it wasn't unheard of for uh, men who would go to be crucified to be poisoned on their way you know, to the cross because, um, because it would just kill them faster. Um, this is a time when crucifixion would last. I mean, it wasn't unusual for people to be crucified and die six or seven days later. Um, they would sometimes feed them and give them things to drink and, like, tend to them to keep them alive a little longer to make it worse. Um, Jesus, at this point in time, had been, had been beaten and tortured and, and was probably dying. Um, and so he, he went to the cross, like, very depleted. He was unable to carry the cross all the way to the, to the place where they crucified him. I mean, he was depleted, but he, in his exhaustion, in his pain, in his, in his fear, like, that made him sweat blood, um, he actually refused the painkiller um, because Jesus knew that, that the punishment he was going to endure was, was for us. Like, and he had to endure it. He had to endure it on our behalf. He had to take all of it. Um, the cup that God gave him, he had to drink all of it. Um, two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, they, were crucified, they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, as Jesus 
I mean, a quick explanation. Like, we talk about crucifixion, and usually it's depicted as a nail through the hand. And it was probably the word hand refers to between the elbow and the fingertips. Like, it's a very general word. And usually when uh, Romans would crucify, there's a nerve that runs up your hand, and they would drive the nail through the nerve because it was incredibly painful. Um, and the goal was to make it as miserable as possible. And actually, it sort of cuts off your ability to operate your hands. They sort of claw up, and the pain runs up all the way into the middle of your back. And they would have done this to him, and they would have driven the nail through his, his feet. And when people were crucified, you would hang stretched out, um, and it would compress your chest, and you would push up on the nails in your feet and pull up on the nails through your wrist to breathe. Um, and for six hours, Jesus endured this. Um, Hung with, hung with criminals, um, hung with people who deserve the same punishment I deserve, right? Um, not Jesus dying in my place, but like my rebellion against God. Romans tells us that, that um, the punishment for sin is death. Like we all have earned this. And Jesus like endured this, this shameful death, like this, this painful, humiliating death like on our behalf. And they cast lots to divide his garments Um, And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. There's a bit of irony to that, isn't there? Um, Can he save himself? He's saving others. Um, But he went to save others. Um, And he hung naked. I mean, that's literally like what we're being told there. I mean, they gambled for his clothing. They did that because, like, they took him um, naked and hung him naked to humiliate him. Um, to bring him even lower. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. Now, there's, there's a bit of an oddity here, actually. That was a joke that was put there to humiliate him again, to make fun of him. But it was also a way to kind of mess with the Jewish authorities because um, they got angry in response to this. Oh, he's not our king. He's not our king. And and Pilate, who had written it, said, nope, I wrote it, it stays. And in reality, he was the king of the Jews. Like he was the, the last king in the line of David, um, the one that God promised David, in fact, that he would sit on the throne forever. Um, Jesus takes our sins then, um, saves his people, um, demonstrates himself as the true king of the Jews, the, the true king of everyone who's a spiritual descendant of Abraham. On our behalf, Rebecca's gonna gonna lead us in song. Um, and as as we uh, as we sing this um, in your heart and in your mind, um, reflect like that Jesus endured this on our behalf, like that that He went there and He suffered, knowing you. And knowing that it was for you. Like if he was God, he was omniscient. And he knew it was on your behalf. Um,
After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, To fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. And a jar of sour wine or vinegar is actually what it was. A jar of vinegar stood there. Excuse me. A jar full of vinegar stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he says, said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Um, in in Psalm 69, actually, there's a prediction uh, that that you know on the cross Jesus would be given vinegar uh, to drink, and, and Jesus knew this had to happen. And so, like, even in the throes of death, he was obedient. Even in the throes of death, he was concerned about making sure that every piece of the scriptures was fulfilled, every piece of the the predictions, like like every bit of it was was brought about. Um, and then he said it is finished. And actually where John records it is him saying it is finished. The other uh, uh, gospel writers talk about him crying out in a loud voice. And so in reality, like what he did was he cried out, it is finished. And we, we learn from the other gospel writers actually that at that moment, the curtain in the temple tore um, and opened the Holy of Holies up to like, like expose, you know, expose it to the world. Like, like, and, and the reason that happened um, is that it created, like the, the curtain existed between the Holy of Holies and the rest of the temple to separate, like, everybody from this holy place, right? And it tore in half because ultimately, like, what happens when Jesus dies on the cross is the veil that separates us from God is torn, um, and we're able to encounter him face to face because of Christ's death for us. We're forgiven, we're given grace, we're made brand new, we don't have sin to worry about, like between us and him that separates us. Like we're brought into his community. And that is 
That's the whole purpose of it. Um, when Jesus says it is finished, actually, there's something that's lost in the Greek to English translation. Um, the form of this word is it is finished, but it means um, it is finished and it will always be finished. Like the effect of it being finished is ongoing and never ending. Um, it's, it's the way Greek is. It sometimes has these verb forms. Um, but what it means is that not only did Jesus die for us, not only did he complete this, this death on our behalf, um, but the effects of that death are ongoing. Like, like his death wasn't ongoing because he rises again on Sunday. But like that grace that we're offered and that forgiveness, the sacrifice on our behalf doesn't run out of gas. Like you can't flee far enough to get away from God's grace. And you can't rebel bad enough to make God stop loving you. Um, and ultimately, like, like, what is it that the psalmist said? Uh, I think it was David wrote, um, even if I make my bed in hell, um, God will come and get me when the time comes. Um, this, this death is so sufficient that no matter how we fail, Jesus has died for us. And we can be forgiven. Like there's no escaping God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. Um, we got one more song. Um, and as we sing it, um, we're going to be singing Jesus Paid It All. Um, and as we sing it, reflect and understand that, that it is finished. And it will always be finished. Because of what Jesus endured on the cross. Because his heart was committed to saving us. Because he, he went... He went in obedience to the Father and in love for us. Like, like it is completely done. Thank you.
hear it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. You washed me white as snow. We're going to close in prayer, and and, uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Um, Thank you for joining us to to worship God and to remember Jesus' death for us. Let's, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us this evening. Help us to... Help us to remember that, that you know, with Easter coming, um, we have a lot to celebrate. We have the, the joy of an assurance that death is not the end. We have the joy of an assurance that you, God, are, are so in, like, love us so much and are so full of grace that you would, that you would go to any length to redeem us, Lord. But, but this evening, Lord, help us to remember that Jesus carried the weight of our sins, like, like this horrible, horrible cross that was was so wonderful on our behalf, Lord. Thank you so much for the grace that you give us. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for loving us more than we ever deserve, could possibly earn. Amen.